0: Hey, this is Sean Avenanto, keynote speaker and pastor of the Oaks Church in Oklahoma City. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Junuza.
1: By finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's time now to adapt in our fast-moving world, and I have an awesome guest with me today. His name is Sean Abbott Nanto, and uh, he is an awesome guy, and Sean is a pastor, entrepreneur, keynote speaker Since 1998, he has been helping thousands of people become solid, strategic, and solutional leaders in life and business. He is launching the Oaks Church in Oklahoma City in Oklahoma on April the 4th, Easter Sunday, coming up. And Sean, a big congratulations for the church and a massive welcome for being here on the show
0: today. My friend, I I can't even tell you how excited I am to be here with you. I mean, from day one that you and I connected, I've always known what just an amazing person you are, amazing leader you are. And now to see you doing this, uh, this podcast, reaching out to so many leaders, I'm just so proud to be your friend and just excited to be with you today. Yeah, thank you, man. And I, I've got
1: goosebumps. It's awesome. I literally <laughs> have got goosebumps. The fact that you and I are doing this, this episode together, uh, which is really, really cool, and I know that you, I've done a quick introduction uh, in, about your background here, and I know that you and I have gone through all sorts of different challenges over the year, last years, and we've come through it, and we've led that change and move forward. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about your background?
0: Well, I'll just try to give a shortened version of my life, because I think so many times people will look at their life and the experiences that they've had, the choices that they've made, and they say, I can't be a leader. I've disqualified myself or no one would want to follow me. And this is what I believe. You know, we all have a story to tell and we all have scars from life, but scars are a sign of healing. They are a sign of life. They mean we made it. And so I love to be the type of leader that shares my story and shows my scars because I believe that gives other people hope that they can make it too. I grew up with great parents, but unfortunately, they divorced at the age of five. I was the oldest child, so I took on a lot of pressure from that. I was molested by babysitters at six and nine. I had a tough teenage years as a young man. I was lost in the world, just having a lot of fun, but not finding any fulfillment in life. You, know, you can make money and drive nice cars and, and date beautiful women and have nice things. And at the end of the day, you can be miserable when you lay your head on the pillow. And that was my life. Until around 31, I decided that uh, it wasn't enough, and I started to change my life, make those choices that would change me forever, embracing growth, em- embracing so many changes at, in all areas of my life, and that really kind of led me to you know where we're at today.
1: Wow! So that background you're talking about your parents. Well, where does your surname come from, Sean? Uh, it's Italian. It's Italian, yeah. so here we are. We've got a Greek and an Italian on the episode, <laughs> and and listeners, I want you to know that we don't actually have food in front of us. We should, we should. It's a bit weird that we don't, but we should. Yes, uh, absolutely. Sean, wonderful background that you've just shared. And thank you for doing that. The question here for me is, how did you get into leadership?
0: Well, it's a great question, and you know, I think as I was discovering my own journey and my own personal growth plan and growth development. I remember that I was living in Los Angeles at the time. I had entered into the entertainment industry and I wanted to help more people. I had been a firefighter in Oklahoma for five years, which was great. But deep down inside, I just felt there was more I was supposed to do. And so I got into entertainment. I had an opportunity to do that. And it wasn't to be famous. I could care less about fame. I just wanted more resources and more influence to help more people. So after doing that for 14 years in New York and LA, I I just wasn't happy. It just wasn't the thing i was supposed to do and so i decided to get out of entertainment i didn't know what i was going to do and you're going to love this story so one night it was a wednesday night Uh, i had gotten back into church made god another part of, of my life again because he hadn't been for so long and there was a little woman probably in her 70s and she was headed my direction i saw her just shuffling away headed towards me and i thought what does she want i've never i've never seen her before and my friend, she walked right up to me, got right all up in my personal bubble, and she just said, excuse me, young man, you're trying to figure out what to do with your life, aren't you? Whoa. And I was like, well, as a matter of fact, yes, I am. And without missing a beat, she goes, well, you got a big mouth. You ever thought about speaking? <laughs> <laughs> so I giggled a little bit because I just, it shocked me. And I said, well, no, man, but maybe I should. And she said, uh-huh. And she spun a 180, and off she went. I had never seen her before. I've never seen her since, but I could not, her words had a stickiness. I could not rid myself of that, of that just connection we had. And so about two weeks later, I decided to go and move into the world of speaking. I had never thought it, never dreamed it. I thought it was the craziest idea, but the reality is I just thought there's a reason that happened. And so Mm. I started telling people I was a speaker, And it just started to snowball as I got out there, found my way, started to get better. Obviously, in the beginning, we're all not great, but you just get better and better and you keep putting yourself out there. And over time, doors would open up that allowed me to keynote around the country and the world, start business coaching, business consulting. And I have loved helping people find their dreams, discover their destiny and take things to the next level now for over 20 years.
1: It's amazing how people come into our lives to and and give us a message at times to to help us actually understand or wake up a bit. It's it's amazing. And the thing is that you fourteen years you weren't happy. I don't know if it was the whole fourteen years you weren't happy, but at least you know you, it took you fourteen years to realize I'm not happy in this. And then for you to move on to do something else. How many people in life are doing something in life and they're not happy with it? They're not that they're not willing to go and take do a change or they haven't realized they're not happy. Do, do you see that at all, Sean, that people would just sort of take a long time or they have no idea where they are, they have no awareness that they're not happy?
0: Absolutely. I, I think that one of the things I like to say a lot is that we have become human doings, not human beings. Mm. We are going through the motions in life and we're not truly really living life. And so what I've encouraged people to do is don't take 14 years to figure out that you're not happy in a situation that that's not where you're called to be. Because the second I made that move, even though it was, and and people need to really hear this, extremely uncomfortable as change is. But I was doing something I had never even thought of. Sometime your dream will discover you if you just keep seeking it. And that's what happened with me. And I'm here to tell you, it was very uncomfortable. And I fought my, my way through fear and the desire to quit. But at the end of the day i believe when we step into what god has called us to do that he will move heaven and earth on our behalf and that's exactly what i've seen so i just want to encourage people i've had so many people that have come up to me after keynotes and say i have not been dreaming i have not been happy where i'm at i've had a few which i feel bad but i've had a few literally say i'm quitting my job today and i'm i know i'm supposed to do this other thing one lady brought her boss to me and said, I just told him I'm resigning. And he kind of laughed and he said, it's okay because I know she needs to go do this. But when you, when you reignite the heart of a dreamer, anything is possible.
1: Oh, fantastic. Hey,
0: to all the bosses out there, sorry, but, uh, but we've,
1: <laughs> Sean and I, Sean and I, Sean and I have got things to do and we've got to make it happen. So, um, uh, yes, sir. it's awesome. Yeah. to right. enter. I love it. We are human beings, uh, but actually we should be human doings and uh, getting out there and doing things and living the life that we should be living, uh, which is really, really, really wonderful stuff that you're sharing there, Sean. Hey, um, here's a question for you in the sense that this person could be a libel from history. So who's your favorite leader and why?
0: Wow. Well, you have like the best questions. (laughs) You know, I go on some podcasts. They're like, what'd you have for lunch? I'm like, that's all you got. You have like these questions that are deep, man. I love this. Oh, wow, my favorite leader. There's so many, but I think the one that I'm going to choose is one that some may or may not have heard of, but he has been instrumental, more instrumental than any other leader in my life. Of course, you know, we can always go the safe route and say, well, Jesus, you know, something like that. But here's the deal a guy by the name of Tim Story from LA. I mean, this guy has been a coach and mentor of mine since 1997, and he was the first communicator that I saw be so raw and real and transparent from stage that told his story of of growing up in a home with an alcoholic father who finally turned his life around, gave his life to God, and then was killed shortly after by a drunk driver, about his sister that was killed by a drunk driver, by his brother who struggled with alcohol and died at the age of 42. I mean, this amazing family, he still has two sisters and a mom, and I love the story family. They have meant the world to me. But this man, to embrace his pain and to say, I'm going to turn that pain into promise, that pain into purpose, and to take that and change lives in over, I think it's 80 some odd countries all over the world. Oprah's had him on Soul Sunday. I mean, so see, see this is what I'm talking about. When you embrace it and you don't run from it, God will move heaven and earth on your behalf. And this man has spoken into my life personally from a distance I, I used to wear his cassettes out back when cassettes were a thing so i would say you know he's been my favorite because there's so few leaders i think that are willing to be transparent because they feel like i have to i have to keep a certain air about my ability or my talent or my title and you got to throw that stuff out and be real because the world has changed in the last 12 to 24 months and there's a new i believe a new approach in terms of what people are looking for and what they need. And if a leader doesn't adapt to that, then you're not going to be connecting and changing anybody's life.
1: Right. And so when you say embrace it and not run from it, I, I always talk about running towards the fire. In other words, that's to embrace it, uh, not run away from it. And you know, being a firefighter, you would understand I talk about firefighters. What do they do? Do you see them running away from the house that's on fire? No, they run to the fire, but they're very smart in the way they do it. And as you're saying, things are changing for leaders and that. So the show is called Leadership is Changing. And when I say that Mm. title of the show,
0: what what does that mean to you, Sean? Well, like I said, another great question. And I want to piggyback off your firefighting comment, then I'll I'll answer your question Mm. for you. As a firefighter, you're right, I was. And you run to the flames. But the reason you can run to the flames in confidence is you've embraced the process of growing into a firefighter with an understanding of the fire understanding of how safe you are, understanding who you are, so that you will go into the fire, you will handle it and not be burned. You know, there's even a story in the Bible that talks about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego being in the fire. They went in there knowing who they were, and they didn't get burned. So to move on from that into answering your question, how is leadership changing? Man, I think it's changing in a very large way. This is what I've been teaching the last year, and I, I believe this with all of my heart if you are not believable in your field if you're not believable people will turn you off in a heartbeat because mm-hmm. we've never we've never had a time in history where people desired a leader to be believable like now your believability on that scale from 1 to 10 will impact everything in your world so i've been teaching a lot about being going from shaky to solid going from flying from the seat of your pants to being strategic and from running from challenges to being solutional. So solid, strategic and solutional. That will increase your believability. And that's what people need to see in their leaders today.
1: Absolutely do. And they're asking for it. And it's just amazing to see it. It's just getting louder and louder and louder. As as we as the years are going on, especially of late, for sure. And you're totally right. I mean, there's so many leaders who are what I call at times when they communicate, they waffle, and they come across as not being confident. And they may sit up front and they may put the strategy up of the organisation or whatever it is. People don't get it though. People sit there and go, "What the heck's this? It's just a PowerPoint slide, or it's a, oh, it's on a beautiful." piece of paper that's in the kitchen area, Sean, whereby you go and get your coffee and tea and you go, yeah, there's the strategy. People have no idea. But it's not just about the organization to have the strategy. What I'm hearing Sean say, listeners, is that's the fact about you having a strategy is about you as an individual having a strategy and having that purpose and moving forward in, in doing what you're doing. So I think that's really, really important what he's sharing.
0: Yeah, I, I have uh, several people I, you know, that I have coached here and there. And like one of the person I'm working with right now is, is a realtor. And, you know, I started to ask her Do you want to be the realtor that everyone can believe in? Not just the realtor that sells houses or can help you do this, that, but are you the realtor that everyone can believe in? Are you the accountant that everyone can believe in, the doctor that that they can believe in? Because they don't just want a dynamic personality. They don't want a great vision or mission statement. They want to know that when the sun goes up and the sun goes down, they can believe in you because there's too many people out there that are shaky that are in leadership, they are not solid, and we can't believe in them. So our believability has to go up as leaders to continue to have influence and impact on people. Fantastic. Oh, wow. Listeners, I hope you're taking lots of notes because what Sean
1: is sharing here is just pure gold in in his insights and information. Sean, how has your business or industry changed and what sort of pressure or demands has that put on you?
0: Well, I think being a, a leadership Professional development type speaker for over 20 years, you know, we've seen lots of changes take place. But in my own life, transitioning from keynoting, I still do that some, but keynoting into pastoring, I think trying to take the lessons I've learned in the last, you know, 20 some odd years in the marketplace in terms of what people respond to and transitioning that into ministry. For my team, you know, that's helping me launch this church, we talk a lot about this believability factor. There's a lot of churches that people don't feel safe when they walk into them. They feel judged. Well, that same thing goes for a workplace. Are we creating workplaces where people feel safe, where they feel that they can come in and be themselves, where they feel that having a growth mindset is not only supported, but encouraged? Mm -hmm. Do they have a a mindset in the industry or in in the company that says, do it trembling if you must, but do it? We want you to step out, we want you to make mistakes, we want you to fall forward, we want you to live, because that's where we find the greatness within us. I say this, everybody has greatness within them, but the problem is we're not embracing the process to grow into that greatness. And when you have a culture that doesn't embrace growth, then we don't give people time for that greatness to come from within mm-hmm. so that they can express it through their work and through their mindset the productivity levels that will happen in that type of a culture go through the roof. And so I've seen so much of this transitioning in business because we used to give people a lot of here's here's our business tools, here's our our package of business tools, you know, just use these and you'll be successful. Like real estate, I'm into that because we have a great digital program for realtors that we launched that's never been done before. And when I found out that 87% of realtors transition in and out of the business every two years, it blew my mind. I started to look into it and that's because, a great example of what I'm talking about, all these real estate companies will give their new realtors all these business tools and say, if you just use these business tools, you'll be successful, but they never grow the person. They never encourage the person to grow. They never speak into the life of the person. And so some ex-teacher or ex-cop or whatever that's now become a realtor, They give it two years and they go, I don't know how to make this work. I don't believe in myself enough to even try. And they transition out. So that's the biggest thing I think I've seen. And the demand that it's put on us is we have to be believable. We have to be real. We have to create community and connect with people in a way where they feel a part of something, not just that we're providing for them, but they actually feel a part of something like their family. Does that make sense? It does, and you know, I think that's that's the
1: way of the future for leaders as well. It's not that hierarchy sort of leadership we're talking about. We're talking about a community, and going to touching on what you're saying, right? So we create the community. I remember years ago I coached uh, somebody, and I said to him, you know, what do you think your purpose is as a leader? And this is what he said to me one day, and it comes back to what you just said, Sean. I'm not here as a manager or a leader. I'm here to create communities, and I was like, oh, tell me more. And he's going. There's a whole group of families just out here that we are responsible as leaders to help them do the best, embrace and do what they're really good at, like you're just talking about, Sean. So then they can earn money because our business is going really well. So then they can pay their mortgages. So they can send their kids to great schools. So then those those kids can be set up for success, our future leaders as well. And I thought it was just a beautiful way that he shared that and the way that he was talking about that. And I think what you're saying is. Create the community so people feel part of something, feel like the family, which is for sure. And I know that your background, my background, Italian, Greek, things like that, and other nationalities and other cultures, we
0: have that family-orientated kind of process. Well, and, and exactly what you're saying is, are you in it to make money or are you in it to leave a legacy? Mm. And, and I think if you're in it to make money, then you better understand there's going to be a shelf life to what you're doing, yeah. and you'll end up hurting a lot of people in the process. I have said this for over 20 years, my friend, and that is this. This one thing, if a leader will will live their life by this, they'll be successful. If you will just build people, hmm. they will build your business. Yep. Yep, if you will true. just build people, they will build your business. Because as leaders, we're not going to have every great idea. every Everything that our business needs to grow and, and multiply and explode and have impact is not gonna come from us because it just doesn't work that way. But when we embrace community with a growth mindset and we're building growing people and they feel safe to dream and make mistakes and try things and bring things even to the table and make suggestions, we allow that greatness to come out of them, what they're called to do, man, that's when business gets wild. That's when business gets crazy. And that's when business really, I believe, starts to grow. And there's a culture of community and growth and dreaming that just makes it almost magical.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: it it's, it's it is, it's, it's that
1: that's where the magic happens and that's how it, how it all happens, which is wonderful. Hey, if there was one thing you could change in business as a leader today, what would that one thing be?
0: One thing that I could change in business today. Yeah. As a leader. You know, I think, I think exactly what we just hit on before your next question. And that is if, if I could somehow, Get the attention of enough leaders to say, if if you will just invest more in your people than you do in your processes, then the purpose of your business will grow. If we'll just invest more in our people than we do in our product, what we'll see is our people will develop a better product. Hmm. If we'll just invest in our people a little more than our people investment will have a higher ROI than the other things that we're investing in. So many leaders are investing in this gadget or this system or that, and we have to have systems and processes. I get that. But why not invest in your people so that the time and money you save from doing that will more than outweigh all the other investments you're doing in infrastructure and so forth?
1: Spot on. You're right. I mean, if they can, it's great. And this is what I keep seeing as well as a lot of organizations talk about, you know, we've got our product, we've got our strategy, and we've got our customers. People, sometimes they don't say it or they leave it to the very last thing.
0: And I'm like, come on. I mean, great example. Uh, I have a friend named Tom Pace. He has a company here in Oklahoma City called Pace Butler. And I love Tom. Why? Because his people come first. Mm. The majority of his workforce, over a hundred and I think 25 people right now, most of them come from backgrounds where they have struggled and he's helping them get back on their feet. But this is, this goes way beyond that. He has a reading program, an entire library. he's bought and purchased you know hundreds of books. and if they read a book and turn in the book with a little summary, they get paid for that and make extra money for reading and growing. Another thing that he does is every Monday morning for two hours, they have a the first thing they do is they have training he is pouring into his people sometimes he's teaching something sometimes they're going through a book together or say a, a video series but he's done this from day one people love to work there they they would just die for him and his vision And his company has grown and grown and grown because he's putting the people first and whoo the rest just takes care of itself
1: brilliant oh that's a wonderful leader so Sean we've talked about how the leaders should be with the with with people and so forth. Let's flip this on its head and say you and I know of people who have been employees, we've been employees before and that. So how have or how has
0: employees expectations of leaders changed? Well, I think people aren't just happy to go to work anymore and just have a job. You know, people are tired of having a job. You know, they want to they want a mission. They want to, like I said earlier, they want to be a part of something. So my expectation of you as a leader is give me me a position in the middle of a vision that I can own. Give me some level of ownership in your vision so that I can help you drive this thing. I can help you pick it up on my shoulders too and help you carry it into the future. I just don't want a job anymore. I think those days of, you know, finding a job, working there 20 years, getting the golden watch and going home to your spouse, those days are over. That's why you see so many people, when you look at resumes today, they're moving every two to three years. Why? Yep. Because there wasn't a reason to truly plant my roots and say, I want to help you grow this thing. I want to help you expand. I want, I want to be creative. I, I mean, one of my favorite exercises I did here a few years ago I was speaking to about 300 employees from every area uh, in a company, and I started to have them yell out what they did for the company. And I had manager, you know, cafeteria worker. I had I had um, janitor, because I said I'm going to prove to you how what you do impacts lives. And when the janitor said, you know, I'm just a janitor. I don't yeah. impact anybody's lives. I just empty the trash. And when I reframe that for him, and so this is going to your question, and I said to him, what would happen if you chose not to do your job for the next 30 days? The trash would overflow. The environment would start to smell. That would impact the lives and the productivity of the people that work there. They would carry that disappointment home. It would impact their home. I just kept going and going and going until he just was like, I have an awesome job. I mean, I... Protect the environment and the lives of the people that work here, and it's so true. I wasn't blowing smoke up his hiney. I mean, it was—it's so true. So I think employees are saying, "Hey, I don't just want a job; I want a mission. Make me part of something, and then I will die for you."
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Now, to right, absolutely, and they do go the extra mile. They do go and and do that, which is which is so true. Yeah, absolutely. So we're in a fast-paced, ever-changing world, Oof. and avoid <laughs> it, and it's. I did a, a, an episode recently in the, and somebody said, yes, it's getting fast and it's never going to be this slow again. And I was like, whoa. So the, my question to you is, what makes a leader successful today in this fast-paced, ever-changing world?
0: Man, I love, love, love this question. I love this question because I'm having to help so many people with this right now. Slow down. Ah. Slow down. We have to slow down in a sped up world so that we can increase our effectiveness. And people don't understand how that works. But when you slow down in a sped up world, let me dive into that for a minute if I can. You know, when I hold my cell phone up, what I'm holding up is a phone, a computer, a fax machine, right? Mailbox, I mean, you can keep on going. fix so machine. A, a fix machine. What is right, that? What, what, what is that? A video camera, uh, you know, speakers, a uh, uh, radio player. I'm just holding up in, this, in, in a world. I was laughing the other day with some friends because we were talking about in America when at midnight our TVs would go off and it would go static and they would play like the Star Spangled Banner. And, <laughs> and it would always wake you up as a kid. You'd go to bed because there was no more TV on because it was midnight. They didn't show TV after midnight. Where in today's world, it's 24 seven, you can't get away from it. The pull to pick up our phone, people are listening to this, do some research on how many times a day someone picks up their phone on average. That kind of research will blow your mind. We have to slow down, we have to recapture the, the beauty of rest and restoring ourselves. I challenge people all the time, When is the last time you watched a sunset and you didn't work through it on your phone? A meme I saw in my history that i posted a few years ago is I said, how many of you have an exciting vacation plan this year where you're going to travel somewhere amazing and look at your phone the whole time you're there? We have to watch a sunset. We have to stop and watch a butterfly just do its thing. We have to find the moments again and live in the moment because we're not living life moment to moment. And when we stay sped up all the time, mistakes and and getting worn down, it's just a matter of time before both of those things happen. And then everything that we fought so hard for, we end up losing because we're running so fast, it creates life as a blur. And we have to slow down, live in the moment, moment to moment, so we can truly squeeze every drop of life out of it. And I believe if we do that, the creativity that comes out of us, we won't have to fight so hard to have solutions to our challenges because that creativity comes out. We just start thinking different more clearly because we're taking time to live in the moment.
1: Yeah, we're giving ourselves that space to be able to think. And I, I love what you see there, slow down in a speed up world to increase our effectiveness. And Sean, I talk about people breathing to slow down things, to to get oxygen to our brain. But it actually slows down time, and then we we become calm. And those who are calm are more effective or are more in control. And I watch, you know, sporting teams, high-performing athletes. You know, you just had uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, recently in the U S and it was a little bit different to normal years. But I think the thing was, you know, even if you look at the the quarterbacks and things like that, they can slow the game down. They can slow things down to be in control, even though things want to go faster and so forth. And so they're more effective in, in being able to do that, which, which is just brilliant to watch it happen. It's an art and watching it.
0: Well, a lot of people have heard this saying calm, cool, and collected, mm. right? We want to stay calm, cool, and collected. And here's the beauty thing. If a leader can discover how to stay in that state? Well, as an employee, as a customer, when I see that in you, what does that do? It increases your believability. Exactly. See, anxiety drives behavior. Anxiety drives behavior, and so when when people are running from fe- running and, and leading through fear or different things, as we all know, it transcends down. When you're calm, cool, and collected, people know. Oh, I can I can trust you because you're believable. Because a fire happened. And you didn't get excited because you put the firefighter mentality on and said, I know how to handle this. I stayed cool, calm, and collected. We were taught as firefighters, the second you lose the three Cs, you get hurt or you get someone else hurt. So I've tried to live my life and transition that into business and even my personal side. And it is and it works and it is so true. And I think people are hungry for that. Yeah, sure are. uh, Very good. Great. The
1: cool, stay cool, calm and collective. Beautiful. So Sean, if we talk about the future, if we start thinking about, uh, I'm going to just say something, here. bring your crystal ball out. Let's talk about the future. <laughs> where, where do
0: you see leadership being in five years? You know, I really believe that we're going to see a massive shift in terms of what leadership looks like. I think it's going to be extremely community driven. I think it's, it's going to be one where if you don't have believability, then you're going to find yourself in the ditch leading no one. Uh, I think of people like Casey Crawford with Movement Mortgage, which is a mortgage company in America that has just exploded. Why has it exploded? Because this man leads from the heart. He leads with mission. He cares about his people. They're a large community. They're constantly reaching out into their local communities and doing various events and and reaching out and, and making change within their local community. They're not just a company that is processing mortgages. They're a company that's changing their communities and people are flocking to work for this company. The fastest growing last, if I'm, I think I'm correct in this, the fastest growing mortgage company in terms of its rise to power that we've ever seen in America. And I believe it's because of his vision to be believable, and have community and get people involved in changing people's lives outside of what they do for a living. And I think that's where leadership needs to go. And I think that's where it is going. If we're not looking for ways to change lives and and just create a customer experience that goes so far beyond what people are used to. Uh, We have, I don't know if you guys have Chick-fil-A there. It's the fastest growing fast food company, I think in the world. But their customer experiences and what they've had for years is where I believe leadership and business is going to go. And I'm going to give you one example. They have a typical drive through where you pull up and you have the menu and the, all that, but you never order at the drive through They have people outside with iPads. There are so many people in line to order. They have double lines that wrap around the building and down the block at every location. You'll have to look them up. It's wild. But they sit out there and they greet you and they get your name and all this. Their customer experience is off the chain. Now, here's the crazy part. Now, the top 10 fast food chains in America, in terms of time of food delivered to you, they come in at number nine. They're slow. You get your food slow. People don't care. Why? Because the customer experience you get, Mm. they're so believable. You know they're going to treat you like champs. When you say thank you, you're go- they're going to say, my pleasure. That's their thing. It's my pleasure. That's where I think leadership needs to go. That's where I think it will end up because for those that don't adapt and become more believable and create community, they won't make it and people won't be a part of that brand. And they won't want to embrace what they do.
1: Yeah. People remember how you make them feel. And I think you're so right. And I, I love it because I I go to that brand that you just talked about actually in the US when I'm there visiting and, you know, when we used to travel, Sean, you know, those days. And um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it's really, really great. And um, so, yes, thank it's, it's wonderful. So thank you, Sean, for joining us on today's show. Hey, if our listeners are wanting to get hold of you,
0: where, where should they go? Oh, I'm on all the social media platforms. Uh, I know you'll have some stuff posted with the correct spelling of my name because I have a, a name like yours that's a little hard to remember how to spell. Uh, the Oaks OKC is our church name. We'd love people to come visit, check us out. We'll be streaming stuff online. But yeah, all social media platforms is is a great place to find me. Sean Abernanto? Yes. Huh? Yeah. Did I say yeah. it right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you did.
1: So, so that's good, yeah, so um, yes, we uh, it's, it's awesome, Sean, so once again, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today, so thank you.
0: Thank you, my friend, I, I miss seeing you in person, you know, your smile lights up a room, I appreciate you and what you're doing, and, and thank you for the privilege of coming on and sharing with your listeners, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Sean.
1: Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant, change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they've been released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Share them with your friends, your family, your community, as Sean was saying. Hey, if there's any feedback you would like to give me about the show, or if there's a question you'd like me to ask my guests as I interview them, or if you have a question for the Ask Dennis episode, please send me an email, Dennis, at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, if you haven't already joined the Facebook group, Leadership is Changing?, come along there's a great community that we're building there which is wonderful and also there is a community on linkedin if you're on linkedin on the linkedin page leadership is changing hey listeners! thanks for tuning in today it's always a pleasure being with you until next time bye for now